Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all your platforms Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, and of course, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And we are rebuilding HarpOnSports.com, where you can check out every podcast that we've done, every YouTube video, all of it. So there we go. little Urban Meyer misfire. Not what you think. I think there's overreaction to Urban Meyer right now and his ability or inability to be successful in the preseason. So we have that. Also, uh, Hall of Fame, Canton, making the announcement. Dick Vermeule is one of the coaching finalists. Dick Vermeil should be in the Hall of Fame. Should he be at the top of that list of coaches that aren't in yet? Probably, but I, I Hall of Fame freeze. We need to go back through and look who is going to follow him because I think over the course of the next five years, five different people should get in. I do. Each year, a, a new coach should get in. There's five guys that are waiting that should be in. We're going to get to that. And also the College Football Alliance, done. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC getting together, there is a trail of thought that, oh, the SEC doesn't need to, uh, whatever. SEC doesn't care. You're gonna. The elites in the SEC don't care. But if you're a fringe team, if you're borderline making the playoffs or not, you tell me an alliance team like Penn State that's 9-3 and three and one of their out-conference losses is to USC and you're Auburn and you're 9-3 and three, and you whipped up on three podunks and you're out of conference, guess who's getting the nod, and guess who should get the odd. That's why it's a big deal. So we're going to look at that as well. Let's start off first uh, with Urban Meyer. Slow down. He doesn't know what he's doing. Look how this offense is inept. He doesn't know what he's doing. Slow down. He is rebuilding this thing from scratch. The college coach coming to the NFL, he doesn't know what he's doing. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Matt Rule, eh. In Carolina, eh, we don't really know. Nick Saban, not really very successful at Miami. Other coaches, extremely successful. You would say Pete Carroll was successful, wouldn't you? Pete's had some success doing this, making that jump. Sometimes it's tough. Jim Harbaugh had success making that jump. Some say you should go back to the NFL. But as I was looking at this, I started to think, wait a second here. Who's the biggest case of a guy that went from the college to the NFL that had tremendous success? And the answer to that is who? The answer to that's Jimmy Johnson. I went back through and looked. You know what Jimmy Johnson did in his first year? In his first year as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Who did in year one? Went one and 15. They were terrible. They're one and 15 with Troy Aikman as their quarterback. So that's how bad they were. That's how bad they were. Jimmy Johnson was 1-15 in as his first year as a head coach. And I went through and looked at Jimmy Johnson's draft classes. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. The Dallas Cowboys, over a four-year stretch, picked four straight Hall of Famers in the first round. Michael Irvin, followed by Troy Aikman, followed by Emmett Smith, followed by Russell Maryland. It's ridiculous. Imagine a team saying, okay, for four straight years, we're going to draft a Hall of Famer in the first round. That's what he did. So it's all about drafting and building. Took Jimmy Johnson three years to make the postseason. What did he do in his third year? He got beat by Detroit. The Detroit Lions have won one. Count it. One. Say it again. One playoff game. It's in the Super Bowl era, right? They've won one playoff game. Who's it against? Cowboys. 
So there you go. I wonder, I do. I wonder, as time progresses here, I do, how we're going to reevaluate this. I wonder how we're going to take a step back and say, okay, well, this is legit. This isn't legit. It, Urban Meyer, it's going to be a three, four, five, ten-year window. It just is. It's going to be a long window as we try to determine how good Urban Meyer is. And I go through and I look at all these guys and who he drafted. You know, first draft, right before he got there, he inherited Michael Irvin. Actually, it was his first draft. Michael Irvin and Ken Norton. Then... The next year, Aikman, Steve Wisniewski, Daryl Johnson, Mark Stepnoski. <laughs> then the next draft, Emmett Smith, and then a bunch of nobodies. In the next draft, it was Russell Maryland. So he's got the right, you know, mindset. At least Jimmy Johnson did on how he wanted to build this. Took him three or four years. We're getting back to Urban Meyer here a little bit. I see the Trevor Lawrence thing. The Etienne thing, did it work out? No. Not in year one. He's hurt. Done for the year. But Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing after two preseason games. Does the offense look sluggish? Yep. Is the offense struggling? You bet it is. But let's get through more than two preseason games. Should you sit there and be concerned? Yes. But the Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing crowd. It's going to take a while. That team was 1-15 last year and was terrible. I know a lot of people like to convince themselves, hey, there's some good pieces on that team. Not really. Not really. Wait till they get DJ Chark back. Wait till they get a couple more stars. Guys, come on. Come on. Now, should Trevor Lawrence play? No. Should he eventually? Should he start? No. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't start. No way should he start. Gardner Minshew should start. Why? Trevor's not nearly as mobile as Gardner Minshew. It's not about, oh, you're going to risk him getting hurt. He's just he's not there yet. Maybe after Trevor Lawrence sits and watches four games for a month at that level, the speed looks too quick for him right now. It does, especially with the offensive line. You go back through and you look at that offensive line for the Jaguars. Relief is coming, but not this year. This year, okay, we got our guys in here. Growing pains for a rookie quarterback. The talk of this team could go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9. and nine. That's ridiculous. It was never, ever, ever going to happen. It wasn't. It just never was going to happen. And now it's painfully obvious. You got Cam Robinson at left tackle, maybe. Uh, what's he going to have? I don't know. Andrew Norwell, those two guys right there, those two guys right there count for what? $28 million? $28 million is what those two guys count for. And then Brandon Linder up the gut, he's an extra $9 million. You got $37 million on three guys whose contracts are expiring at the end of the year. $37 million. Three offensive linemen. Actually, kind of, not kind of, you do have four. A.J. Can at right guard, what's he, $4 million this year? So technically you've got four guys at $41 million. And then you, then you take another step back. At $41 million, you go, okay, well, you got Jawan Taylor, who still has what? Two years left in his rookie deal? If I'm correct, two years left in his rookie deal at right tackle. And then, oh, we drafted Walter Little in the third round, or second round. Oh, okay, fine. The Jaguars' offensive line, you have what? Cam Robinson, that's going into year five. You have Andrew Norwell, who's in year what? Eight? Nine? Eight, nine? You have Brandon Linder, that's in what? Year seven? Six, seven up the gut? You have... A.J. Can, who's in year what? Six? At right guard? Good gracious, guys. It's not like that whole offensive line. You kind of knew what you had. And do they look any good? No. They addressed this whole thing that Urban Meyer didn't address the offensive line. What do you mean he didn't address the offensive line? They used a second-round draft pick on an offensive lineman. What do you mean he didn't address the, address the offensive line? Did they go and spend money in it in free agency? No. They didn't. I can understand looking at that and going, okay, we got Cam Robinson at left tackle. And the thing is, they shouldn't have franchised him. Well, if you don't franchise him and you whiff, 
If you don't franchise him and you whiff in free agency, then what? Then you force your hand. Now, you can sit there and argue the Etienne pick and say they should have gone offensive line there. That's fine. Who's available down there in the late 20s? It's going to take more than one year. Look at it like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to th- look at it like you're, you're cooking a gigantic meal. You got, or you're making a cake. You got the eggs, you got the sugar, the flour, all that stuff all over the counter. Those things don't look like brownies. Not how you're going to eat them. A live chicken walking around in the yard doesn't look the same as a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. It takes a while to get this stuff done. So I give Urban some, I give him some time. Good gracious. Everybody's freaking out about this. So <laughs> Urban Meyer, Miss Farrell, oh, one of us guys. It's not going to be a very good football team. Now, here's the decision that I think today you can put the stake in the ground and say, all right. Okay. Hold on. And that is whether or not he starts Trevor Lawrence or not. If he starts Trevor Lawrence, criticism fair. Gardner Minshew should be a starter. You want to Joe Burrow him? If you don't have faith in this offensive line, then no. Well, he needs to get the reps. He needs to get experience. He is your Patrick Mahomes 15-year investment. Patrick Mahomes didn't need to get the reps. Stop it. Slow down. So we have that. Urban Meyer misfire. Misstep. Slow down. Hall of Fame freeze. Dick Vermeil is a Hall of Fame finalist. It was announced today. Good. Dick Vermeil should be a Hall of Famer. Bill Cowher got in. Should have been a Hall of Famer. Jimmy Johnson got in. Hey, who we just talked about? Should have been a Hall of Famer. Those guys are Hall of Famers. Chalk it up. Yes, yes, yes. Those guys are all Hall of Famers. Agree wholeheartedly. The question is, if Dick Vermeil gets in, in, which he should, who's next? After Dick Vermeil, who's next? Good question. Went through and looked at this. Dick Vermeil, three different teams of the postseason, right? Eagles didn't win Super Bowl, but extremely successful. Rams did win a Super Bowl, great show on turf. And then he took the Chiefs to the postseason, right? Three different teams. Dick Vermeil, the head coach. So, okay. He's in. After him, who's next? I say Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren should be, Dick Vermeil goes this year, then Mike Holmgren next year. Now, Mike Holmgren's got a little bit of a black eye because of the disaster that Cleveland was. Was it Brandon Whedon? Just some of the guys that they picked, it didn't work out. But so what? You're allowed to misfire. You're allowed to kick. I wouldn't say Michael Jordan's end of his career with the Wizards was successful. So Hall of Famer, right? So Mike Holmgren, you know, Carl Malone with the Lakers, Gary Payton with the Lakers, not so much. So you you do Patrick Ewing with the Magic. So you can you can start to look around here a little bit and say, okay, Mike Holmgren's in. Mike Holmgren took two different teams to the Super Bowl, right? Won it with the Packers, lost it with the Packers, and lost it with the Seahawks. Mike Holmgren in. That's next after Dick Vermeil. After that, who should it be? So I look at this year, the 2022 class should be Vermeil. 2023 should be Holmgren. 2024, Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves took, what, the Broncos to three Super Bowls. Didn't win them, but got them there three times. They got worked by the, lost the Giants. Yeah, lost uh, Washington. Correct? And then got drilled by the 49ers and then got there and got railroaded by Denver. So he should be it. But four different, you, you take two different teams to the Super Bowl. Dan Reeves took three different teams to the postseason. Took the Giants, took the Falcons, and took the Broncos. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, wouldn't you say? And he took, what, Chris Chandler and the Falcons to the Super Bowl. It's pretty good, wouldn't you say? So Dan Reeves should go in next over Meal. First, Holmgren next, Dan Reeves next, and then I, I think you flip a coin. Although the guy I'm going to give you next 
has actually won multiple Super Bowls. These guys have only won one or none. Mike Shanahan's next. Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, right? Mike Shanahan's a Hall of Famer. How can he be? Well, yeah, John Elway. And I, I put Mike Shanahan right there with George Seifert. What if I told you that George Seifert won more games as a 49ers head coach than Bill Walsh? Because he did. George Seifert won more football games as the head coach of the 49ers than Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh won three Super Bowls. Seifert won two. Bill won all three. It was with his with Montana. Seifert won one with Montana and one with Steve Young. Six years apart. So Shanahan Seifert, both have won two. So this year, Vermeil, following your Holmgren, after Holmgren, who slides in then? Well, Dan Reeves never won one, but took three different teams in the postseason, coached him four Super Bowls. Dan Reeves is third. Followed by, I, I think, I'd probably, I, I would go Seifert, then Shanahan, four or five. And then all those guys, all those guys are Hall of Famers, by the way. Those guys are all Hall of Famers. Then after that, Marty Schottenheimer. Marty's no longer with us. Marty had a great run. Marty never got to a Super Bowl. Marty, Marty's one of the best coaches ever. What did Marty take? Three different teams in the postseason. Marty took three different teams in the AFC Championship game. Took the Browns the AFC Championship game. Took the Chiefs the AFC Championship game. Got the Chargers into the postseason. Got them deep into the postseason. Just couldn't get over the hump. So he's on there as well, but a little bit down the line. And is he a Hall of Famer today as opposed to tomorrow or five years from now? No, but you got to put these guys in order. But each of these coaches should get in the next five, six years. To that, to the college football alliance that we have now. Between the Big Ten, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, uh, this whole notion that the SEC is not worried about it—you should be. You should be. I did my last podcast on why the SEC should be worried because, again, may, oh, we don't care. The SEC should partner with the Big Twelve and help the Big Twelve get to twelve again. And I said this late last week. I said the Big Twelve should add Memphis, Houston. Cincinnati, UCF, that gets them to 12. And if I'm the Big Ten, or if I'm the Big Ten, if I'm the SEC, I may even suggest, hey, you can get to 14, go get BYU and Boise State. Now, BYU and Boise State do nothing for you basketball-wise. Houston does something for you basketball-wise. They've been to a Final Four the last few years, haven't they? They have, very recently. After Houston, then who? Well, UCF's not going to do anything for you basketball-wise. But Cincinnati will. Memphis will. So there's a way to get to 16, you bet. 14 at least, and then you have a one-off every year. Now, it's going to be tricky because you're not going to have, with an SEC Big 12 alliance, you're not going to have Alabama taking on Kansas. It's going to be Alabama TCU or Alabama West Virginia, who they played, by the way, early on in the year, and they're non-gone. That's how I would set it up. Oklahoma State, Florida. Now, you're going to run out of teams in a hurry, and the alliance is not going to necessarily be that great because you're going to have Georgia, UCF. I get it. I get it. Memphis, Tennessee, I, I I get it. It's not going to be the same thing as what I'm about ready to give you what this is going to be. But you got to do something, and relying on your three dirt bags or three whatever hand-me-outs that you're going to get in your non-conference, because the SEC is going to have to go to nine with a 16-team schedule or a 16-team conference. But this whole thing, we don't need anybody else. Yeah, you do. You're going to beg Notre Dame every year to play one of you? By the way, Notre Dame holds all the cards here when it gets to who they get to play and how they want to play them. Should never do it at a conference, ever. Okay, these are the top the first year, whenever this kicks in officially, this is the first the first year. These are the 10 matchups that I wrote out that you should have. Now, one of my rules on this is you can't use the same team twice. Obviously, you can't play two games in one year with this alliance. But I went through and I found 10 matchups, the top 10 matchups. Again, you can't use the same team twice. 
So whenever this officially begins, here's the 10 games that we should see. I'm going to go from 10 up to number one. Number 10 on the list, UCLA versus North Carolina. USC, BUNC. East versus West. And you got their basketball schools. Yep, why not? That'd be a very beautiful game. But look, North Carolina's top 20 team. UCLA, who knows what they're going to figure out. But that, that's one of the, that's one of the matchups we should see out of the gate. These are going to rotate. Again, you can't use the same team twice. Nine on the list, Arizona, Iowa. Why? Why not? Why not? See, it, it's one of these things that in terms of rankings, these teams are usually both in the top 25. I know Arizona's took a little downturn as of late. I get it. And you could substitute Arizona State for Arizona if you want. I, I really don't see that much of a difference between those two. But Arizona, Iowa is what I have next. Followed by Stanford, Nebraska. What shade of red do you enjoy most? In this, look, this is West Coast. This is mid or Plain States. I get it. It's, it's a sea of red. Again, these are the top. These are the first 10 games that should exist. That's seven. Six on the list. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting, this is one of these things that I don't really think there's a wrong way to do this. I've got the next two, and you can. Switch these guys any way you want. Virginia Tech, Purdue, Michigan State, and Louisville. Look, you can do Purdue, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Michigan State if you want. I don't think there's that much of a difference. Starting to ramp up to the good boys, right? Number uh, five on the list, I have Miami versus Washington. 30 years ago, two best teams in college football. 20 years ago, Washington was the only team that knocked off Miami when they won the national championship. So when you do this for the first time, Miami and Washington need to play. Um, Followed by Florida State, Wisconsin. Just because I've never seen a play. Florida State, Wisconsin. Give it to me, baby. I'd love to see this matchup. ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 Alliance, number three on the list. Remember, you can't use the team teams twice. I've got Penn State, USC. Love to see Penn State and USC. Number two, Michigan and Oregon. And the number one matchup that you have to get done with this new alliance is Clemson and Ohio State. So, UCLA, North Carolina, Arizona, Iowa, Stanford, Nebraska, Purdue, Louisville, or Purdue, or Purdue Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Louisville, any matchup there. So I just said Purdue, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Louisville is what I said. Miami, Washington, Florida State, Wisconsin, Penn State, USC, Michigan, Oregon, Clemson, and the Ohio State University. Those would be my alliance matchups out of the gate. And yeah, look, there's some matchups that are terrible. I don't know what you do with Wake Forest and Oregon State. There's just going to be matchups like that, just like an interleague play in baseball for every White Sox, Cubs, um, Yankees, Mets, you know, Dodgers, Angels series that you get. Yeah, you get stuck with the Tigers and the Rockies. I get it. You get stuck with the Marlins and the Rays. I get it. You know, not every matchup is going to be great. Look, in the SEC, if, if the SEC had this, let's say the SEC and the Big Ten would have done this alliance. You telling me people are doing jumping jacks for Kentucky, Indiana? Are you thinking people are doing jumping jacks for Kentucky, Purdue? In Vanderbilt and Northwestern? Come on. If you did this with the Big Ten, if you did this with the ACC and the SEC, you think people are going to be crawling over themselves to get themselves? Mm, man, give me some of that Syracuse-Mississippi State sauce. Wouldn't happen. Those are the 10 matchups that should take place. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all of your social media platforms. Again, we're working on the website. Going to have a new website up here in the next month or so. You can still check it out at harponsports.com. Uh, have all of our YouTube videos there, all of our podcasts there as well. You can check out the podcasts on Spotify. You can check out the podcast, Apple Podcasts, and our housing site, Buzzsprout, as well. Also, interested in sponsoring our podcast as we start to grow, start to grow, feel free to hit me up at harponsports at gmail.com. Again, remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. 
Sad Day in the Rolling Stones Land. Remember, Frankenstein, volunteer friends.